Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hi there, you're at the right place. This is Blake Lindsay welcoming you to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. You are going to love this. Zig is going to tell us how to fight with our spouse. And if we actually follow his suggestions, we will have strengthened our marriage, even after a disagreement. Let's listen and learn, and I'll be back in a few minutes. I'm a foodie, and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Now, when conflict occurs, and conflict occurs over about everything, doesn't it? Don't we all have differences in our family? Where are you going to eat? What's you going to have for dinner? Whose job this is? What do we do about that? What's your opinion of this? Conflicts are absolutely inevitable. Well, when conflicts do occur, I encourage you to understand that when you fight, and you're going to have them, you need to fight fair. Now, how do you go about fighting fair? Well, first of all, you never say vicious things about your mate. And when the conflict begins to brew, what you need to do is you need to get yourself two chairs. And you need to put those chairs 21 inches apart. And you need to have your seat and you need to call your mate. And you have your mate sit there and you reach out and hold your mate's hand and you say, Honey, we got to have us a fight. Now, I know, I know, a lot of you listening to this will say, well, Ziegler, what kind of fight can you have when you're holding hands? Not much of one at all. And that's the sole purpose. You don't wait for things to build up. You don't make a laundry list. You do this in the early stage. We had a beautiful young lady work for us a little while back named Debbie. And uh, Debbie and her husband came to one of the sessions where I talked about this. And about uh, three days later, they had a little conflict, you know, a little disagreement. So old Mike goes and gets the chairs and he, uh, he puts them there and he says, all right, Deb, now we got to have our fight. Well, the purpose, of course, is when you're holding hands with the one you love, you're not as likely to say ugly, unkind things about them. And second, when the fight is all over, you got nowhere to go to make up. I mean, it is very convenient. You're absolutely right there. Well, this went on about three or four times, and uh, about the third or fourth time that happened, and they were having a little spat, and old Mike headed for the chairs. And David said, now, wait a minute. You're not going to go get those chairs again, are you? And then she realized how... Funny it was, and they both just really broke up with laughter, and there was no fight. Now, that's the way to fight fair, but there are some things you need to do. There are some ground rules, and here they are. Each person states 
with emotion, you are my best friend. When you sit down, that's the first thing you say, you're my best friend. Second thing, stay together with emotion. It is not who is right, but what is right. Think to yourself, now you can even close your eyes for this, unresolved conflict festers and grows instead of just going away. Number four, determine to bend over backward in solving the challenge. Now, when you're bending over backward, that's not going to be comfortable, but you'll never fall on your face when you're in that position. (laughs) Regardless of who's at fault, don't place the blame, but fix the cause. Someone begins. Remember that the one who takes the first step at reconciliation is demonstrating maturity. Discuss the matter at hand. The angrier or more upset you become, the slower and lower you must speak. Deal with issues, not personalities. Make no personal attacks. Deal with the facts, not that was dumb or you idiot. Instead, I feel disappointed or this incident makes me feel. Arrive at a resolution or solution. If you can't, agree to return to the chairs and Fight again tomorrow. Go to bed happy. The bed must be unmade before you get in, but you and your spouse should be made up before going to bed. Have fun when you fight. I know a lot of people say, well, that doesn't sound very realistic to me. Friend, until you tried it, don't you dare knock it. I'm telling you, here is something that will avoid the serious conflicts down the road. On occasion, and it happens fairly often, you need or will need counseling. Don Hawkins was a pastor for a number of years. There were a couple that came by to see him when he was in the pastorate. He was their last stop on the way to the divorce court. Now, a most intriguing conversation. Don advised them uh, to go back and start over when they first fell in love. And the man replied, but I don't love her anymore. Well, Don said to the man, you do respect the Bible, don't you? Yes, their man replied. Well, scripture says, love your wife. Yes, but we're not living together as husband and wife. We have separate bedrooms. Oh, you're living in rooms next to each other. That's right. Well, Scripture has a word for you. It says, love your neighbor. (laughs) The young man retorted, I don't feel like she's a neighbor. We relate to each other more like enemies. To which Don replied enthusiastically, that's great. I have good news for you. Scripture covers that base as well. It says, love your enemies. Both husband and wife told Don, but we just don't feel like loving each other, and we certainly wouldn't want to be hypocritical, would we? Don said, why don't we suspend the discussion of hypocrisy for a week? Let me encourage you to go back to treating each other like you loved each other. To the husband, he said, you call her from work. To the wife, he said, you have a nice meal prepared. And to both, he said, speak kind words to each other. Even try to show some physical affection with an occasional hug or a touch of the hands. Let's see what happens in a week's time. The following week, the couple returned to Don's office. He was surprised to note that instead of taking seats on the opposite side of the office, both sat down on the same couch. Turning to the husband, Don asked, what's the deal? To which the wife replied, he's been nicer to me than he's been since we were married 10 years ago. Smilingly, the husband said, I guess you can 
love your enemies. Fascinating. Now, obviously, that relationship required some more work, but it does have a happy ending. When you have difficulties, folks, it's important. Try to work it out between yourselves. If need be, go to see a counselor. But you want to be very careful about your counselor, number one. Number two, you want to be certain that you don't share your difficulties with everybody you meet. Every time you repeat it, it simply, in most cases, deepens the antagonism. You will tell the story from your perspective, and in most cases, you will not be completely objective as to the role you played as versus the role your mate has played in the differences. Talk with someone whom you know can give you objective advice. And in most cases, this will be a counselor. Now, in some cases, there are empathetic friends. And sometimes the problems are not serious, but you simply need somebody who will listen. But please understand, marriage is a sacred covenant. And you need to be working towards solving the problem. I've already covered the areas where I believe separation is advisable. But in most cases, we need to work towards putting it together. You need to make your mate your best friend. I've said it several times in the series already. In the movie Shenandoah, James Stewart played the crusty old gentleman and a young Confederate officer was calling on his daughter. He approached him and uh, he asked for her hand in marriage. James Stewart said, why do you want to marry her? And he said, because I love her. And Stewart replied, loving her, that's not what's important. You got to like her. The end result is this. Dr. Howard Hendricks says, you're not married to someone you can live with, but to someone you really cannot live without. When you have your fights, it's so important that you forgive. How many times have I heard somebody say, I'll forgive him, but I'll never forget it. Well, you know what you're really saying is I have not even come close to forgiving them. As you know, until you forgive, you're carrying a burden that is enormously heavy. The dictionary says to forgive is to pardon, to overlook an offense and treat the offender as not guilty. It's important. God forgives you only, only after you have forgiven. You need to forgive yourself and ask your mate to forgive you for the part you might have played in the difficulties. Let me emphasize a point. There are almost never any cases where the husband is 100% right and the wife's 100% wrong, or the wife's 100% right and the husband is 100% wrong. My mother said all of my life is not who's right, it's what's right. She said many times, there's your side, the other person's side, and the right side. We need to look at all parts of it. Forgiveness in its purest form means being released from the effects of the wrong we have done. 
Forgiveness extends love when punishment or hostilities may be deserved. Forgiveness replaces rejection with acceptance and relinquishes the right to revenge. Above all, forgiveness chooses not to continue to bring up the failures of the past. When moral failures have occurred, particularly if adultery or abuse is involved, true forgiveness is so difficult that counseling is often necessary to help untangle the feelings of guilt, rejection, blame, hurt, and anger. You might feel that he or she deserves punishment. But let me say this, with forgiveness, chances are dramatically improved that the marriage can be saved. Then over a period of time, when the mate proves that he or she really has changed and truly is regretful, the marriage can again be beautiful and happy. I just want to say it won't be easy. But for about the ninth time in the series, the marriage you're in has the best chance of survival. I have simply seen so many couples who were at each other's throats on numerous occasions for a lot of years, but they toughed it out. They stayed there. They worked together and they solved their problems and had a beautiful relationship. Well, I have to confess, I'm almost looking forward to my next fight with my wife, Jennifer. I'll let you know how it works out. This is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.